I'm Austin, and this is the Hort Bajir Chronicles. As y'all lay unconscious, and each and Kefa stare up at this blue centaur-like creature with the blade on the end of its tail that has just saved you from the Jubba Jubba monster. It looks down at you with its main eyes. You hear inside your head uh, with kind of like a mix of feelings and words. Are you okay? No. <laughs> no. no. Just get static from y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My brain's on the snow channel. <laughs> Keva's gonna scramble over y'all and like sort of put herself between y'all and this new creature and say, You help? So each is also going to run over um, and to pull out of her her satchel uh, and use wrap soothing solve. Uh, and so and I just love the wording. You throw the glop of solve wrapped in a leaf at a creature of my choice. So I'm just, it's full glop right onto y'all. Right on my mouth and nose so yep, that I can't yep. breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so creature regains hit points equal to 1d4 plus my wisdom modifier. So five altogether. The uh, creature in front of you says, I wish to help. Yes. Thank you. This creature. Uh, and he kind of moves over to the, the body of the Jubba Jubba monster and kind of moves parts with its tail. What is it? Kefa's going to turn to each and y'all and is going to attempt to help a little, I guess, and administer some healing as well. If you want to roll a medicine check to kind of like just help him close up his wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Just just start pinching wounds together and hope that they start healing properly. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm also going to apply the soothing solve. So now that it's glopped all over him, you can help me rub it around on him. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to be so sticky. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the mud. Like, this is like the weirdest spa day ever. It's a very, very weird spa day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so this one is 1d8 plus 3. Uh, so you get six more back. Awesome. Yeah, I got a 21. Oh, yeah. So you can add your wisdom modifier twice. So an extra three. So nine. You get nine back total. Awesome. Thank you. And... As we're doing that, uh, Kepa's going to turn back to this new creature and say, Jubba Jubba, it's danger. Yes, it, it looks very dangerous. And he'll kind of walk back over to you all and see y'all on the ground and watch as Kepha kind of uh, closes these wounds and each applies this solve. And he'll kneel a little bit and he'll say, if you bring him back with me to my scoop, I can... Maybe help heal him a little bit more. I have some supplies. I don't know why that sounded super creepy, but it did. Not safe. <laughs> Not safe. Home safe. Uh, <laughs> Home heal. He'll, like, stand up and put his hands back and he'll say, Oh, I meant no offense. I'm sorry. 
Can I do an investigation to see if it looks like uh, y'all is like out of the woods? Not, I mean, obviously we're in the woods, but like <laughs> we're never out of the woods, <laughs> like medicinally speaking. Why is it that this game has made it to where no phrase works? Because <laughs> <laughs> our brains are broken. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can you can do that. He's got this solve all over him. Can I also, I guess, do a medicine check then on him to see if I think that my solves have worked? So as you look, you do see his his wounds kind of like crushed up as this solves over him and it stops like the bleeding from him. He is out of the woods as far as he was down and he's not dying or anything. But he could probably use a good night's rest. Am I conscious? Yeah. Okay. If you guys want to roll me perception checks. I don't see shit. Yeah, I'm barely conscious. We are all very distracted mm. right now. <laughs> As he kind of like stands back up, I, I really do want to help. Maybe if you stay here, I could go and get my supplies and come back. No, stay. No, bad here. Kepa's going to turn to each. I'm just looking at you panickedly. Jabba Jabba dead. Not, not danger anymore. Hmm. We wait. Yes, I will. I will return shortly. You see, his eyes have been moving the whole time. His stalk eyes, and he turns to where his body's facing away from you, and he starts to take off into the woods. I, I guess then now that that I'm gonna open up my hork bajorn and check on my little buddies and make sure everybody's okay. The Chidorn is like still up in kind of the corner just holding on to the top of the bag looking down. The other creature is like back on its back but more lean towards its head as it's like fell to the other side of the bajorn with just its legs up. Mm. It's just adorable. And reach in and, and scratch its little tummy. He, <laughs> he does take like a little snap at you, but like a playful one, like a mm-hmm. little puppy would do. Mm-hmm. Boop his little nose. <laughs> Cute. Kepa's gonna kneel down over y'all and offer a hand up out of the mud and the solve. A claw up. All. Yeah. Yeah. Take it and stand up. So it also turn my little little buddies over to Keppa and ask what is Keppa's just gonna like reach out for it and say don't know <laughs> y- y'all is just gonna like ow <laughs> hurt H- help coming what help Keppa just motions to the dead Jabba Jabba and is like, it killed. It's dead. It helped. And not us. Not dead. Very confused, y'all. You you did? No. And then he looks at the tiny little creature that we saved. It did? It burps. <laughs> 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 it's the cutest thing. 
So I did not see anything about the end of the jump. I don't know what's going on. But Kefa says we wait, so we wait. I guess then just asking and trying to figure out, like, uh, does it look anything like anything we've ever seen before? Uh, if you want to roll a history check, you're talking about the little one, the new one? Yeah. Each, you have, in, like, you collecting these different materials, this bark, these mushrooms, these uh, seeds, everything, you have had to venture close to Father Deep before, and you have seen many of the different monsters. You've seen the Jubba Jubba before. Uh, you've seen, of course, the the Chidu, the Chidu, and you've seen uh, you have seen the Gorks, even the viney tendril Lairdethak monster that usually stays pretty deep in Father Deep. But you have never seen this kind of creature. Too new today. I'll sit down. Kefa, Kefa said wait, so I wait. I'm going to pull out a little bit of the red bark and chew on that. Yeah. And offer it to others, not the babies. No. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say anesthesia in pork regier? <laughs> it definitely goes for it. Like, it'll, like, jump up to try to get the red bark. <laughs> Kefa's going to be like, no bite. No bite. No bite. <laughs> Yeah, I think just offer it some regular bark. Um, probably some of the more, like, sappy, uh, young bark that's really soft. Uh, it it starts to chew it a little bit and then uh, spits it out and kind of sniffs it and picks it back up and chews it again. You see that it, it seems like it's pretty hungry, so it's eaten. But it, bark, it's weird, but bark might not be what it normally eats. That being said, it does eat it and it, and swallow it, so. <laughs> <laughs> you'll eat it and you'll like it. <laughs> what else would I have on me? Would, I mean, because we don't eat berries or anything, do we? Yeah, I don't even know if the idea of eating anything other than bark would occur to us. No. Yeah. That, yeah. So also make sure I f- feed some uh, to Chowden. He, he does eat the bark and loves it. His diet's like 70% bark or something. A few minutes later, if you guys want to roll me perception checks, as you do see this uh, blue figure moving through the distant forest on its way back to you, it's taking a weird way. It's not climbing in the trees at all. It's staying on the ground. When we we don't need it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you guys see him moving forward. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Best we've all done. <laughs> so two nat 20s and a 19 is what we come up with there. Yeah. Each you notice with that 19, uh, the new baby alien has... Apparently he scurried away for a second. You didn't see him, but he comes back and just the end of some tail just... <laughs> slurps into his mouth. And he burps again. Like like he ate a creature? Yes. Okay. Kefa and y'all both see in the distance as this, this new creature moves forward. There are other tiny blue blurs in the background. Two, actually. 
as they move on the ground as well, not through the trees. And uh, as he gets back, he approaches, he jumps back to where you guys are and kneels down next to y'all. And he says, uh, if it's okay, I would like to apply my own medicine or meds. (laughs) And he pulls out a strange, shiny object unlike any kind of wood or bark that you've ever seen. Slight, we'll call it slight panic, major uncomfortable situation for y'all. He looks immediately at Kefa. Like, just like, that kind of look. Mm, Kefa's gonna put herself between y'all and this alien again and say, show me. He, like, raises this thing up, and you see he can kind of, like, he squeezes it, and these new wood bark pieces that you've never seen before, the shiny ones, squeeze together, and a mist comes out of one end of it, and he just kind of sprays that mist in the air, and he says, see? And he, like, does it on his skin, and you see, like, his fur, like, coat in, like, a white, but then the white slowly... Uh, dissipates. And there's little little green pluses that come up out of yes. <laughs> This is gonna burn like hell. This is like peroxide, right? <laughs> I mean you're you're fairly like slime covered currently, so <laughs> Keva turns to each and she's just she's just looking at you, like giving you the what do, what do you think? I guess kind of, kind of like reach out and like sniff the air or something, see what that smelled like. Nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nature or uh, perception or investigation. Oh, I'd love perception. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As you like go to smell, one of your spores just goes off, and you you just smell that instead, and you can't get like a good a good sniff on the mist that came out of this thing. Yeah. I'm gonna nod slowly at Kefa, but like also never not watching the new alien. Kefa's gonna turn to y'all and say, You want me try first? Uh, and then y'all will like slightly push Kefa out of the way and be like, No, I try. Puff up chest. Yeah, this new creature will look to Kefa and then look back to y'all. And if y'all, like, presents itself, yeah, he'll squeeze this thing together again, this uh, shiny bark. And the mist covers parts of your wounds as he moves them. In the same way the, the solve kind of, like, crests over and scabs your wounds for you, this thing freezes it over. So it, it is kind of cold. And you take eight points of healing. Thank you. I don't know, there was something about the way you phrased that yeah. that scared me. I said you take instead of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You take eight points of healing feels really <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you take eight points of healing damage. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kefa, as he is applying this mist to your friend, and each as you're sniffing the air and kind of, you know, playing with your new, the new creature that's here, 
Kefa, you look past, you see two sets of stalk eyes over a thick root that covers the ground, and they just look over it. They look very similar to this new creature. Uh, he has those on his head. Kefa's going to look back to the new creature and say, friends? Yes, I would really like to be friends. Uh, you you three are native to this species. You're called hork correct? <laughs> each. Yeah. <laughs> You're each called hork Yes. Y'all. Y'all are called hork <laughs> I hate to ruin it, but... Kefa. <laughs> Your name is Kefa. Is that correct? Yes. Who's on first? Y'all each on first. (laughs) Kefa, and he touches his chest, and he says, My name is Prince Ciro of the Andalite people. That was my first guess, and I... I talked myself out of it. Sorry, I needed a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Kefa's just gonna look past him and say, who else? As his main eyes stay focused on you, his stock eyes turn and look behind him. Creepy. (laughs) Very creepy. You see his main eyes, his brow furrow a little bit. And he says, Aldrea? Matea, I told you two to stay back at the scoop. And you see a dark blue Andalite walk out from behind this root. She looks pretty similar to the bigger one. She's smaller. Uh, Her head only comes to about the other one's shoulders. And her tail blade, instead of being a a big scythe on the end, is more um, of a thinner, straighter blade, like a scalpel. And as the other Andalite comes around from the other side, she's also small like this Andalite, but is a periwinkle in color. And her hair, she has a mane that runs from her neck up to her head. And it's not very long, but uh, the front has one curl that swoops to the right, and the rest of the Mohawk kind of falls to the right as well. And her tail blade is a little bit straighter than a scythe, but it's still curved and the back of it has serrated teeth. The first daintier-tailed Andalite says, Father, we just wanted to see the creatures. We don't know what all this planet holds. You all need to be careful. I've already encountered a dangerous beast. And he looks back to you all. But these three, they seem gentle. And he kind of looks at you and The same way that you guys kind of smile with your beaks, he does this thing with his eyes that make it, you just know that he's smiling. This is my daughter, Aldrea, and a friend, Matea. Friends. Friends. Friends help. Dad, can we help? Can we help, Father? Yeah, we would like to help. And they kind of uh, move up towards you guys. And y'all, if, if you have you gotten all the way up yet? Oh, no. 
Not even close. Aldrea will kind of like grab one of your arms and start to pull you up. And when Matea sees her do it, she'll kind of walk over a little bit slower and grab your arm like gently and help you up too, like being careful of your blades. Mm-hmm. And then he, he sort of says that like less of a question this time. He's like, friends help. Ciro says, do you guys have to deal with these kind of things often? These monsters? O- only in Father Deep. Father Deep? What is, what is that? Just points. <laughs> Just points out. He's like, Father Deep. And then points up, Mother Sky. All three of their main eyes look when you say Father Deep, and then all three of their stalk eyes uh, look up when you say Mother Sky. Big monsters. Father Deep. Not safe. Kefa's going to look down when each says not safe and say, my fault. Wherever the, the new little creature is running around and playing, each is going to gesture to that and say, with you? They all look to it, and Matea and Aldrea, their main eyes go wide. And they go, oh! And they like start to move over towards it. No, no, come with you. Kate, yours? Uh, Ciro kind of shakes his head. No, we did not bring this. Hmm. Many knew. Many knew. Many knew, indeed. I want to look at Kefa and ask, uh, still hurt? Hurt. Not bad. I guess look at at Ciro and heal more? Uh, Yes, he pulls the shiny bark back out and uh, offers it to you. You can try. You feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I smell amazing. (laughs) It's lavendery. Oh, my favorite. Get some sandalwood in there, we'll be set. Oh, yeah. Here's some healing. You take some healing. Hey, cool. That's great. Thank you. (laughs) After you're done, he will offer it to to Kefa, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Kefa's absolutely going to do it. She's been trying not to show people how hurt she is. (laughs) Eleven. Nice. I think in a gesture of friendship, y'all is going to grab a piece of bark and then hand it to... The, the creature named Ciro or like attempt to and then become really confused and try and figure out where to put the bark <laughs> <laughs> like trying to put your credit card yeah. in and you can't find <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> <laughs> That's like- he goes, no, it's like, no. It's like a, like a USB. He just like pushes it in there and doesn't go, so he twists it, twists it again, then twists it again. No, thank, uh, no, thank you. You don't eat with mouths. How? How, how eat bark? So this happens pretty quickly. He says, oh, with our hooves. And Aldrea says, father. <laughs> he stops, and Matea just kind of like, Looks, um, if you guys want to give me insight checks real quick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Y'all each can tell that. 
Aldrea did not like that what he just told you all. You notice, Kefa, as you like kind of are surveying this area, you look around and you see Matea's just watching you. You are smaller than the other ones. Yes. Quite a bit. Are you a child? Are you? I am almost grown. I'm going to be an arst. What arst? Oh, it's pretty much the path to the greatest warriors in the galaxy. <laughs> Aldrea scoffs in your all's heads. Oh, so this is all. I was going to say, do we, hear, do we hear all yeah, of this? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. When uh, Aldrea acted like she did not like what Zero said, um, y'all also did not like what Zero said because it didn't make a lick of sense. This is a who. And he shows <laughs> yeah. Father, stop it. <laughs> So each each is going to to take both the hands and like pat tree and be like, good eat. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh god, it's uh, so fucking cute. I can't even. <laughs> uh, will you give me a persuasion check? Oh sure. Each. I'm incredibly persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You all eat bark. I understand. I understand. I don't eat the same thing. I don't consume the nutrients the same way. Um, exact same reaction out of y'all. He did not like that because it does not make a lick of sense. <laughs> yeah, Kappa's just gonna, like, look at Zero and say, what eat? Uh, he does the thing where he smiles with his eyes again. And he says, well, I guess since you... Since I know a little bit about you, I should tell you a little bit about us. It's only right. Aldrea says, Father, that is the whole reason we are here. Classic Zero. <laughs> His eyes turn from the smile to a little bit uh, less of a smile. But he says, we eat differently. We eat from the ground. Tree from ground. Just take my hands and... Pat on ground. <laughs> Good eat. You see him walk over and start to stomp there. We eat with our hooves. And he does like his stock eyes watch Aldrea. And you see them for a second are kind of locked onto each other. Like um, when two Hork-Bajir talk, but they seem to not be making any sounds. Y'all is now slapping the bark against the bottom of his foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Yeah, this is not, none of this is making sense. Is I think that we could all learn from each other. If you all will allow me to study you, I can help you in ways. Whatever way I can, I will help you. Friend help. Friend. Then goes back to slapping bark against foot. Learn. Yes. Others? Other more more others? Yes, there are two others with our group, and 
one other on this planet. I can take you to meet the two other ones that are with us. More friends. <laughs> Where are we at with time of day? Um, it is early afternoon. Would it be expected that we'd be home by nightfall? Uh, yeah, yeah. Around nightfall. Mm-hmm. But we got some time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, whatever. I'm sold. These people are awesome. <laughs> so Jester to uh, Chowden and new friend, a uh, little, little guy, and said, bring with? Yes, they may join. Chowden, like, at, he's being chased around by the new friend now. Um, and every now and then, he's easily getting away from him. He's, like, toying with the new friend. He'll, like, jump on top of its head, jump to a branch, and then, like, jump back down. But, yeah, as you say that, he'll kind of uh, run up a branch and then jump and then hop on your shoulder. And the new friend will come and, like, run around your legs and then just, like, kind of plop down in the middle of you all. I'm going to look at Keffa and, and kind of just, it's her call if we go or not. And Keffa's going to look back and forth between the two. Like, I, you can already tell that, like, y'all is super into this, like, new people. It's fun. Dead Jubba Jubba. <laughs> new friends learn. And is gonna start heading toward where Ciro uh, motioned. And he'll walk with you, and as a group, you guys move through the forest. They take you back to, uh, after you walk for about a lot of steps and a lot of swings. <laughs> How many uh, in metric now? Uh, 66 and .6 metric swing. Ah. They call that the devil swing. <laughs> no. <laughs> you get to a tree that has the, the ground kind of like a shallow hole dug out of it. Uh, there seems to be more of this this shiny bark all around and there's even like overhead with what looks like as the the uh, metal bark was built up they put some kind of sheet of metal leaves over top of it as well and there looks to be metal sticks and other things under underneath it for just brevity and, and people knowing what it is these are like tools in an awning in a workstation I love that you didn't think people were going to be able to put that together. I don't know when I'm describing it. <laughs> we, we're we really convincing him that we're not smart. He's like, no, no, mm-hmm. I'll just tell it for the, the listeners just in yeah. case yeah. they didn't get it. He's like, I've seen yeah. your rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think each would go up and like take one of her blades and like try and start like shaving some of the metal. Bark. It makes a noise that screeches as you run your blade down it and it makes you all kind of grab your ears and as you do that you hear uh, steps next to you and out from uh, underneath this awning another figure comes this one's smaller than all the rest Uh, and he runs up to you and this small little curved blade is is at your neck as he looks up at you and he says who are you Seraphin, uh, you hear Ciro call. The s- smaller creature looks with his... They've called themselves Andalites. 
his stalk eyes kind of look around you and see Ciro and, and Matei and Andre, and his blade starts to lower and lower, and he says, Oh, your friend. This kid's gonna cuss me out. I know it. It's, <laughs> it's just it. a matter of time. I can, oh, I can feel it. Yeah, y'all's just kind of like confused. <laughs> Small one, not friend. No, no, he's a friend. He was just excited. That's is my son, Barafin. Mm, big mad. Yeah. Mm. I'm not bad big noise. mad. Bad noise. Mm. Mm. S- strange bark. Strange bark. This is actually a material called metal. It is harder than the bark that you know, and he like knocks on it. Y'all tries to eat it. <laughs> he tries to bite off a beat her. Roll me actually a strength check. <laughs> Bring us to your house, we're gonna wreck it. Yeah. This pole bends in a little bit as you bite it. Oh, oh, please. Uh... <laughs> tastes, tastes bad. Yes. I, I wouldn't eat it. it it may not be good for your digestive system. Another Andalite walks out from uh, in this little scooped out part of dirt from behind like a tree that it's near. And as she walks forward, she has another smaller tail blade that looks more like a uh, wrist blade than an elbow blade. And she uh, says, oh, Ciro. You've made some friends with the local uh, species of this planet. And he says, uh, yes, new friends. Everyone, new friends. This is Hera, my, my uh, mate. She uh, looks over everybody and she says, uh, nice to meet you all. Hmm. New friend. Keppa is just looking at literally everything, like walking from thing to thing, trying to take every ounce of it in. Yeah, there is a lot of new stuff here. Some of this bark or metal seems to have these glowing, they seem to be glowing in different places, different colors that you've never seen before. Some of them make sounds like you've never heard any animal make, like a beep, boop, 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 beep. Strange bird. As you all get to know your new friends, uh, some time passes. And we're just going to do some scenes as time passes. So you all are all going to come up with one that you can kind of do together. But also I have a few that I want to do. So, okay, nice. Uh, first up, each you all have um, went home and checked back in with the whole clan and your tribe and met back up the next day. And you guys start to build a relationship with these Andalites. One day, uh, you and Barafin are actually near the scoop, near the home of the Andalites, but a little ways away. And he's showing you this root uh, near a tree. And he looks at it and, like, kind of pokes at it. Boy, will you all call this one fucker right here? Told you. 
<laughs> what kind of root is it? What, what I'm assuming I know. You do know. It's a buka buka root. Ah. Oh. Make fast. What do you mean, make fast? You can make it? Mmm. It's good. It's fast. Uh, so I would, I guess I would take, uh, I would scrape up and like, like chop it up really fine. Uh, <laughs> Dude, what are I'm you about to do? I'm, 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 I'm trying to think. <laughs> then I roll play. up a $20 bill. <laughs> <laughs> His nose slits start to flare. <laughs> 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 Say, oh, only, only for special. <laughs> Not always. They say sometimes they say the first time is special. <laughs> I want to be fast like you, bitch. You're so fast in the, in the trees, and I can't get up there. I just want to run around down here and not, and did not just fuck off, but you know. <laughs> oh, your father's gonna kill me. <laughs> uh. He don't like when I use some of these words. I found them on the data disk back in the home world, and they say a lot of words, and I just tried them out. And he said I shouldn't say them because they sound when they, they give dirty feelings when thoughts speak. So many, so many words, so many, so many. Oh, sorry about that, each. Boston, you're making my brain work so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous, only for battle, only for fight. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Should we go find something to fight? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, no, no fight. <laughs> okay, can you at least just show me how to make the shit? <laughs> uh, 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 first promise. Yes. Only with me. <laughs> promise I will only do this with you. <laughs> Never alone. Never alone. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to take a piece of this root, and I'm going to turn away from him, and I'm going to ground it up and and do some stuff. And he peeks one stalk eye like yeah. over your shoulder. <laughs> you like throw throw a shoulder blade back, not to actually hurt, but just like no, no, no bad. Those things are sharp. Be careful. <laughs> I will take a little leaf and I will Jesus Christ. I will wrap it up in the little leaf and and hand it to him and <laughs> say in battle inhale this and and hold it up to him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will do that. Only only, only then. If, only if my wife depends on it. That is one of your memories over this these past few months each. Y'all is standing there and he's watching the Andalites and uh, a couple of the Andalites went out to, to eat. 
right? And then they they come back, and it's Ciro and Harrow, right? And Ciro comes back, and y'all's just been staring at him this whole time. And so he he does the bark thing again, where he tries to put it in his foot because he's just not let this go uh, this entire time. And Ciro just tries to explain to him again, like this is not this is not going to work. It's not. It's not <laughs> it doesn't you, work yo. for everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and at that point, Ciro uh, looks up and he's like, "Y'all, have have you seen Barafin?" Y'all just looks up and says, "Barafin, fuck off," because he's been picking up his language. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Barafin has been using the the language he learned from those data drives again. Yeah, me me learn, me learn, new friend. Those words, I guess it doesn't mean much here. But they are words people don't like in other places. He's still trying to do the bark into his foot, and he finally just slams it down. He says, fucking bark! Oh, shit. And then just... <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. This is jubba jubba shit. <laughs> A little while after that, y'all, you are actually with Aldrea, and she's looking you up and down and she's like you know y'all you could swing those things harder if you just came like over the top of your head and she like positions her her small blade like over her head and comes down into like a tree and you see her blade sink deep into it and she pulls it out and barks, flies everywhere uh, it, y'all's eyes gets huge and he's like so much bark and he tries immediately to like mirror the the movement with his own blades. Uh, roll in, uh, just roll an attack roll. I guess we'll use the tail since she used the tail. Okay. Smash into the into one of the logs beside hers, and it explodes even bigger than hers did. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, y'all. You, y'all can do real. Good. Y'all just looks at what he's doing. <laughs> Y'all just looks down at what he's done, and he's just like, "Fuck." <laughs> I think if you, oh, you've been listening to Barefin again. <laughs> if you uh, put your claws together and swing your wrist blades down from a top angle, I think the trajectory would cause you to uh, inflict more wounds to an enemy. He immediately does it. The rest of this, like. A fallen tree log is decimated and bark is everywhere. <laughs> nice job, y'all. Yeah. Looks at Altrans. New friend. Learn. Yeah. We eat now. And then just oh. goes and starts eating the bark. Her and like I smile as she like prances around the bark. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is my best friend. <laughs> Alright. Y'all, let's see who can who can hit this tree harder with their tails. Mm. Same time. Yeah, he's okay. She cocks her tail blade back, mm-hmm. swings it, and then I swing mine. They both uh, slam into this tree, and hers hits, and it like gets stuck in, but she pulls it right out. Again, bark just flies off, but yours hits this one tree that you all picked out and it's a little bit smaller than these huge massive trees but you hit it and it falls over and uh, 
what that does as it falls over is kind of pinches your tail in the middle of it and that causes you some pain and you like scream out in pain take one uh, bludgeoning damage and you enter a rage oh okay as you enter it what, what does that look like a complete and utter lack of control he just starts attacking trees and just like fists blades tail every bit of it just no rhyme or reason just attack now Drea like hops back and she's like yeah y'all use your anger mess those trees up and then he looks down and sees what he's done and he sort of like feels like a like almost astonishment at what he's done and also kind of looks over at Darth Aldrea. It doesn't always feel good after you've gotten that angry, but your enemies will know it and it won't feel good to them either. Confusion. He doesn't say anything, but he is, he is confused. Keffa has been watching the Andalites as they use their their weird bark devices with all the pretty lights. Um, and I think that she's going to try and like sneak around behind one of them and attempt to use it as well. Like just replicate what she's seen them do. You sneak up and you do see Ciro uh, looking at a device that has the lights that they've over time told you are called a screen on the front of it, of this metal. And it seems there are other different color lights flashing all on it and like going in lines up and down. And over time, as you've kind of snuck behind and watched them use this, if you want to give me technology check, which is our combat. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go ahead and give you the crit because I'm going to say you've done this over time so you can have advantage on it. Do you feel like if you got one of these devices, you could use it? And one day, Matea notices you. And as you kind of move away from this learning session that you were doing, she'll say, see anything interesting? All interesting. Can, can I, can I? Uh, you want to use Ciro Scanner? Yes. Well, I doubt he'll just let you take it. He'll just let you use it, but you could... Wait till he's not looking. Then I use? Yeah. Okay. I can help you. Friends help. Friends help. Wait till I get him away from it, and you're smooth sailing. And then a few... Uh, a few moments later, you hear in thought speak, Ciro, I found a new plant. Hurry. It looks like it's eating another plant. And uh, Ciro drops the scanner and he says, a cannibalistic plant. He starts to run over there. He's only about 20 feet away and you see his stalk eyes still moving all around. Uh, but you have an opening. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go for it. You can roll a stealth or sleight of hand with advantage. Sweet. You grab the scanner. Uh, I think that I'm going to like go to the to like a pocket of trees wherever I can be hidden 
And I'm going to replicate pressing the buttons that he is pressing. You press those buttons, and as you kind of watch the screen, you see an image of the tree kind of in front of you. A wireframe wraps around it, and then it appears in a full tree uh, rendering. And Jenna's voice, it reads the Pokemon that she <laughs> scanned. Sudo is a tree Pokemon. You know this tree, and you know what the Hort-Bajir call it. And as these symbols come up, uh, as over time, you've learned to recognize what certain symbols mean. And this is the uh, Ruba Booba tree. I should have gone for it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it is. You know, this tree is, you know, just nutritious, uh, nutritious bark. It's Mm -hmm. not the best tasting, but it'll get you through the day. Yeah, if you pair it with strawberries, it's really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Matea kind of sneaks up to you, too. She eventually finds you. I think that uh, Keva is going to turn to Matea and be like, it knows. It it knows tree. Yes, it categorizes everything that Cyril scans. I, I want to know everything. Her Andalite eyes smile, and she says, Well, I don't know if I can help you learn everything, but I'll help you learn as much as I can. I would love to know more um, about the new creature that we came across. So I don't know if that's like, I imagine taking like baby to baby's first doctor's appointment where they're like all weird and like wobbly sitting on the the scanner and everything and taking measurements. So I'm assuming that'd be with Ciro or his partner. Ciro would probably help you with this. And he's like up on a a little table just looking at Ciro and Ciro's like looking under his ears and like checking him out and every now and then he'll snap at Ciro and then that scene fades and and this creature is a little bit bigger and uh again Ciro's kind of like lifting up his front legs and like looking under him and he says I I believe he is male and he like kind of turns him around and once again with a little bit of a deeper growl the thing uh chomps over his shoulder towards Ciro and Ciro pulls back and he have you given this thing a name (laughs) Braonk Lin a bronc stop <laughs> just trying to get this thorn out of your hip honey. bronc no bite he puts his head down and thunk. I'm gonna sc- scritch behind his ear and as he like shakes his head up like up at you a little bit more time passes and he's a little bit bigger over this time now you have you've managed to find a suitable non-meat source of food for him. A bush that if you carve the bark all around it, the inside is soft and savory and he seems to like it. And He also likes mushrooms. Every now and then there will be another Chadu. He he stays away from Chadoon. Chadoin. But other Chadus aren't such as uh, aren't as safe around him. Yeah, but he also, after his checkups with Ciro and you guys take off into the trees, you see his, all four of his legs, they have claws that will dig into the bark of the trees and he can scale up them and jump and uh, move in the trees with you all now. 
I guess uh, just possibly, I guess with his mate, learning about some of the different, like how they they understand um, the spores and mushrooms and stuff like that and how, I guess, just learning about that part. They are interested in a lot of the times Ciro will just kind of come with you on your missions to just collect things and ask you questions. It's it's funny because uh, Barafin does the same thing as dad does, but more mischievously. Like he's interested more in like the things that will, you know, explode really big or uh, make you feel funny. Like he's, he's came <laughs> across the few spores that he had him like loopy and he likes that. They seem to be uh, watching you a lot and you might not notice, but they do take a lot of notes. One bark makes you smaller and one bark makes you larger. <laughs> this one is good for uh, eyesight. This one, they must love this one because it makes their eyes not see as well in the dark. <laughs> we fade out as a barofin is kind of like following you and like leaning down as you're picking out some mushrooms and Ciro's behind him with a scanner just typing it. Kefa, there comes a moment where you and Matea again are hanging out. And she ventures a little closer to Father Deep. As you kind of follow her, you hear the sounds that sound familiar of a Jubba Jubba monster. And as Matea looks out with her main eye, she look, she moves her stalk eyes back to you and she says, I think I could take one of those Jubba Jubba monsters. Danger. Kefa, I'm going to be a brave warrior someday. Someday. I'm ready now. Why? Why rush? Why wait? Danger. It's always going to be there. More to learn. She'll kind of turn around. Who's going to teach me? Ciro? Ciro isn't interested in fighting. Others? Where... Where are others? Back on the Andalite homeworld, she says as she kind of like turns and looks back out to Father Deep. I was sent here because of this. And she like waves her tail blade in the air. Keppa's gonna like mimic the action, waving her tail blade. Uh, there's a, a slight smile from Matei's eyes. My tail blade is different. It's called a deformity. Different deformity. Yes. Kepha different. You see a Andalite eye smile of realization as, as she looks at you. I know, Kefa. You are different. Kefa, why don't you teach me and I teach you? What Kefa teach? Well, you're different. You can you can watch what I do and figure out how to 
combat that, where my strengths and my weaknesses are, and I can do the same with you, and we'll both get better. Okay, Kevin Teach. And you help me learn how to fight, and I'll help you learn everything else I know. Kefa learn everything. All right, come on. And she like gets in a stance and she, yeah, you want to have like a low center of gravity and swing your blades. Eight months have passed and the Hort-Bajir have grown. Bronk has grown. Uh, the Chidoin is the same size. Even the Andalites have grown some. And one night, you hear Matea leaving the scoop as she is coming to join you all. And the thought speak conversation uh, as it happens is, all right, well, enjoy sending your message off. I, I am going to go hang out with the Hort-Bajir. And you hear Barefoot say, Oh, what? How come the fuck Matea gets to leave and I gotta stay here and do homework? Barefoot, uh, says Hera, stop using that language. And as Matea approaches the rest of you, she says, They gotta do Andalite business. But since I don't have any responsibilities to the Andalite fleet yet, I thought maybe we could go get some of that red bark. I'm not the one close to Father Deep, though. And she pulls out a scanner. Oh, Kefa's on her immediately. <laughs> she <laughs> hands it over and she says, uh, Kefa, see if you can find one not close to Father Deep. Yeah, Kefa's doing little hops as she, like, types in what she needs to find the, the, the bark. You get a path. You all start to make your way through this path. And as soon as she gets the path, like, ah, follow. And Mateo will follow as well. And as you guys get to another tree that's in the middle of the forest, nowhere near Father Deep. Uh, it's another smaller red tree with red bark. And if you slice it open, the juicy red juices <laughs> roll down the tree. both on a transport a blue hue and the light around envelops you Alira your piloty shuttle shakes as it enters the atmosphere and through the viewport after you descend past the clouds you all can see the planet is covered in massive trees trees that stretch up thousands of feet, all kinds of colors and shapes. In the few meadows that you do see, you see that the branches stretch out unusually far into them. And you also notice vast depressions in the planet, its contents obscured by dark purple mist. 
You have coordinates for your rendezvous with Prince Jaham Estelan Forlan. As you drop below the canopy, you see that these tree branches intertwine with each other in places and make thick mega branches that could easily dock seven or eight Andalite fighters. But this does make the sending a little bit tricky. Elara, can you give me a piloting check? Sure can. A 22. Even with how dense and compact these branches are, you manage to find the uh, ways through them. And it may be hard, but you feel like you could pilot even below the canopy. I think as she's like dodging through all these trees, she's going like, all right, all right, we got this. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, almost got it there. And she's just having a great time with it. Yeah, it's up to you. You can, you know where these, the rendezvous point is? Go to that. Or you can travel around. I think she starts to like veer off like away from the rendezvous point, but then she kind of levels out and then turns around to Cenillion and is like, uh, what, do you want to explore a little bit more or shall we head right to the rendezvous point? Oh, uh, what, what do our orders say? Uh, probably go right to the rendezvous point. All right. And she'll like drift towards, towards over there. You are moving through these trees uh, easy enough. After not even five minutes, you get to the correct coordinates and you see a familiar looking metal awning set up in the middle of these trees on the ground floor. Uh, and you see an Andalite walk out from under the awning. He seems to have like a rag and he's wiping his hands and he like looks up and sees the ship. Are we keeping the transport or is it going away? So you know that they have given you this transport to give to the prince that's down here. Basically, it's you. It's used to get you all here, but it, it will belong to him once it's here. But it will stay. It will stay. Okay. Um... I'm going to turn to Cenillion and say, okay, but we're taking it on a joyride later. Oh. Um. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. All right. And she'll go and land. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little clearing that he's kind of made. It's pretty tough because he can't cut down these trees without like a lot of work. These trees are almost thousands of feet high in places. So he had to find like a place big enough to where you'd have open spaces in here. So it's kind of nestled in between these large roots that kind of form a hill on the backdrop. So he has his awning set into the hill. You would know the Cenillion basically so nobody can take his back. He's, he's kind of set it up in this little alcove. As you land and, um, exit the transport he he greets you he meets you there welcome to my scoop my name is prince jahan you may call me prince jahan hello prince jahan i am elira astroth askelin he nods to you looks over to to use 
Sedillion will just do like the nod with the like the proper like eye duck salute. But the whole time, like from the second he said, my name is Prince Jaham, you may call me Prince Jaham, he's gonna like have that Andalite smile look to his eyes and he keeps looking over to Alira, like like seeing if she's like reacting as well. Well, you two just gonna stand there? What are we supposed to be doing? We are waiting for instruction. He turns around and goes back over to like where the awning is. And like he'll stop halfway and like look over towards you both. Look back over his shoulder. His stalk eyes looking forward. You will both stay vigilant. Come. Uh oh. Alira just kinda looks at Sinelian like what? It was ominous. Yeah, sure. Stay vigilant. Got it. Sinelian will just double down on like stock eyes moving around, looking around. Tailblade staying kind of half cocked. I think seeing seeing his eyes kind of move around, she'll shoot him kind of a whatever an Andalite version of a wink is. I love it. You all do see, just as you glance around, figures in the trees moving. Small, from what you can see of them, just jumping from tree to tree. You can't make out like figures, just basically see kind of silhouettes jumping from one branch to kind of walks over towards the awning, gestures towards it. This is my stuff. You two stay out of my stuff. Of course, Prince Jaham, we will of course stay out of your your possessions. Private thought speak. We're definitely looking through his stuff. Wide-eyed, like, for just one second, all four stock eyes on you, and then, like, back to, like, looking around, like, oh no... <laughs> She laughs to herself. I don't know what they told you when they sent you here. I'm not looking for help. I have things that I'm going to do. And you all will do what I say. Understood? Private thoughts speak. We'll see about that. Sinelia is gonna kind of like quick side eye to Alira, but then like, yes, that is what they ordered us to do. That you would be our new prince, and that we would follow your orders and offer protection and assistance. He's trying to look very official. He'll nod to you and he'll say, "Okay, why don't you all?" run some maintenance on the ship and then keep an eye out let me know if anything comes in here he starts to take a few steps back towards his awning and he says I guess I'll let you know about the other Andalites that are here Prince Ciro and his family they stay to themselves as far as I'm concerned, he's no longer part of the fleet. He's disgraced us. Even though he sends weekly transmissions, they're useless. Never any new information. He just reports on findings about the animals on this planet. I'll leave you to your work. If you have any questions, 
Try to figure it out on your own. Ask me if you really need to. Private thoughts speak to Alira. That's that is not what any of the training says. We should not figure it out on our own. We should be asking our superior officer when we are unsure. That is part of this training. Do you think he knows that? I don't know. I kind of like this guy. Why don't we just wing it? Cinellian looks extremely concerned at this suggestion. She she smiles at him with her Andalite eyes and then kind of skips off towards the ship. Come on, I'll fix. You keep an eye out. He'll turn to follow her and then like trip and then like <laughs> right himself and then continue following. Some time goes past. The light of the sun in the sky starts to dim as you guys are working on the ship. Again, running diagnostics. Uh, Cinellian is definitely not working on the ship. He's doing exactly what was told. He is walking around the outside and every once in a while practicing cool tail fighting maneuvers that he definitely learned as he's walking around the ship. Can you describe to what what one may see if they caught a glance of him doing this these tail fighting maneuvers? Absolutely, I can. Yeah, it's just him circling the ship at extreme attention, stock eyes going everywhere, and then he'll just pause for a second and then, like, Tailblade shoots over the shoulder real quick and then, like, comes back and, like, whips around to the other side. And then he'll, like, go to attention and take, like, a few more steps and then, like, leap forward and his Tailblade comes directly over top of his head and, like, front end, like, kind of bowing down so the Tailblade has a little extended reach for it as it, like, swipes in front of him. And then he'll, like, stand at attention again and then, like, do one where he, like, spins his hindquarters around and, like, creates this full low sweep, like, 360 circle between, like, moving his body and tail blade and then, like, back to attention just every once in a while practicing a cool new different maneuver and then, like, finally end it with, like, one where he'll jump forward and, like, whip his tail at a, at a tree and at the last second spin it to the flat of the blade just whop against the side of the tree and then, like, pull it back. Roman perception check. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want me to just describe stupid things I'm doing for the rest of the day? You hit this branch and it kind of wiggles in, in there. Reverberates or whatever. Very satisfied with that hit. That reverberation is nice. That's a solid, solid hit. He looks very satisfied as he then formally marches on further. I'm going to throw something at you. Come on. <laughs> Roll me a, it's a D20 plus your dexterity modifier. Okay. Not you. Me? Oh. <laughs> I want to hit it! Come on! Let me try! Well, I didn't oh. think you see it. Well, okay. <laughs> Go ahead and roll a d20 plus your strength modifier. I As would you... love that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Laura, what did, what did you throw at him? Um, maybe there's like like a shitty Allen wrench or something that we have a ton of, and I just like lob it to see if he can hit it. And when that Allen wrench comes at you, what happens? It, listen, with a 14, do I am I able to do what I would like to this Allen wrench? Yeah. Yes, you gotta crit one. Okay, so I think that what happens is that she goes to throw it at him, and 
whiffs it so bad it's like 20 feet in front of him. He sees it, thinks, oh yeah, she's like, this is going to be great. So he chases it down and like slams it to the ground with the flat of his blade and then looks victoriously over. <laughs> As the poof of dust comes up uh, where this Allen wrench hit in, you see it like perfectly like implanted into the ground. That's exactly what I meant to do and what I wanted you to do. Excellent work. That was most excellent. Did you see how well I did that? Okay, now hand it back. I need it. <laughs> he will He will awkwardly go to pick it up and like have to like lower his front end down to reach <laughs> in the ground and then like pop back up and then walk over and hand it over. I think as he's handing it over, he'll say, I used to play these games with my brothers. <sighs> You win your games. Everything's a game. Yeah. She'll throw it at you again. <laughs> Are you gonna roll for it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think with that it just hits you. Like you can you can react to it hitting you, but she she threw it perfect. I want like I love to imagine that he's handing it back to her, like all excited. Like I used to play these games with my brothers, gets that scathing, like it's always games with you, and then she just whips it and he's just like, ow, that hurt. I think she's kind of like, oh, oh, I didn't mean to do that, but that was really funny. I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> This time he'll just scoop it up with his tail blade and like offer it like back over. <laughs> She'll take it and like throw it in the toolbox to be like, all right, all right. He'll jump real quick when you throw it at the toolbox. He'll just kind of <laughs> like, See, I can play games too. Hit people with tools? It was a common game in my childhood. Just throw things at each other. You never, you never played that. We we played throw things to each other. Is that is that what you meant? I think she kind of like stands there for a minute and then says, "Go patrol. I'm 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 working. I'm busy." Oh, oh all right. And then he'll just uh, again go back to very official patrolling. <laughs> As you go back to work on uh, the ship. You can give me a Tinker's Row. 19. How's about that? That's pretty good. Not as good as your crit 20, but... <laughs> my, my natural one and my crit 20. What does it look like as you're, like, repairing the ship? What, what kind of stuff are you doing? <laughs> Listen, sometimes you play a character that does <laughs> stuff and you don't know shit she's probably got like several panels open and she's just like clearing stuff out of it that you know like dust and other such debris debris and um just you know running diagnostics making sure everything's working to its full capacity cleaning up some code as you're cleaning up this code and running the diagnostics you find a break in uh transmission which you know means that a transmission is being sent out uh, within the sector. You also notice that this transmission doesn't make it as far as it's supposed to. It's somehow intercepted. Uh, if you want to dig further into that, you can roll me another 
technology or tinkers. I would love to dig more into that. That's shady as fuck. With a ten, you you can tell that it, it gets cut off, and it's uh, the only other thing you can tell by that is that uh, one, it was sent from the planet. For two, it was intercepted by an Andalite ship. The weird thing about it is you just can't like get a, a bead on the ship. Like what kind of ship it is, what kind of clearance codes they have, anything like that. Senelian. Yeah. Didn't Prince Jaham say that Zero sent transmissions out like every so often? Weekly, I think he said. Yes, he did say that. Okay. I I have a transmission here that got intercepted by an Andalite ship. I wondered if it was maybe his. But I can't get much more than that. Should we report this? Hmm. We could, or... We have a ship at our disposal, we could just go take a look. I mean, I do need to, uh... Uh, make sure everything is uh, flying appropriately. You know, test the ship route. It's technically part of our duty. I, I guess based on our most recent orders, that does seem to fall into our duties. But perhaps we should clear this first with the prince. Is that... We gotta teach you how to have fun. Um, oh, I, I know many games. I mean, this could be a game. What kind of game? A game where if we find something... Honestly, I don't think the prince is gonna go for it because I think the prince doesn't even care about us, so... I think if we take the initiative and fly out and see what's going on, then I think that's a game we could win. She's just like fully bullshitting at this point. If you guys both agree to yes. it, you could roll agree deception, to it. Sure. deception and insight. You you could tell there's a little bullshit in this. <laughs> but you, I mean, it's hard to tell, but you can kind of pinpoint it. She starts, like, gesturing at the controls, like, huh? Huh? Just itching to go. But shouldn't we get permission from the the prince to go? I mean, this sounds like a legitimate mission that we should attempt, I think. But taking initiative is good, according to the Academy. But we should ask the prince... I believe that is also part of what we should do. How about this? And she'll she'll pick up the Allen wrench again. If you manage... Are you going to hit me? I'm not going to... I will attempt not to hit you bodily in your face this time. <laughs> Tailblades at the ready, though. <laughs> yeah. 
If you can slice this in half when I throw it, then we'll go ask permission. If you can't, then we go fly up and see what's going on. His whole body puffs up like easily. Easily I could do that. He's like ready to go. Alright, she'll she'll chuck it. Another D20? Yeah, make those rolls. That's an eight. An eight, you gotta be the eight. Okay. Sure, that's <laughs> her body wilts. What does this look like while this Allen wrench is flying through the air? I mean, have you ever seen somebody more ready to slice something in half? I put to you that you have not. I mean, Sanillion was ready for this game, and as soon as that thing went into the air, I mean, his tailblade was already there ready, and it was almost like an intentional softball pitch directly to his tailblade, and the two pieces just fly off two different directions. One clangs against the ship, one just falls in the dirt. You you see the one that clangs against the ship? This little green creature with these huge beady eyes pops its head up and it just and scurries away. You hear like little claw marks on the ship as it runs. It's it's probably not even a foot a foot high. Just scurries away as the Alarmage hits the ship. What is that? Good question. I'm gonna go look at it. Uh, it's running. If you want to get like a better look at it, you gotta like leave where you are and run kind of around the ship. I'll chase it. Yeah. Give me a quick athletics check. No. You book it and like cut this corner of the ship uh, real quick and kind of duck under where uh, Senelian would have had to run all the way around. Since you're small enough, you can duck under the nose of the ship and get there faster. And you see just in time to see this thing jump and spread and it's got like a scaly underbelly a yellow underbelly and top is like this green fur that just uh sits on top of its like the little scales and it spreads its uh, arms wide and just uh hits a tree and like kind of hugs it and scurries up it with this like thick tail just hanging down behind it uh i think it it took off but that was A very cool animal. We should try and get it next time we see one. As Alira is saying that, Sanillion's like stepping around the ship. He had to take the long way around the ship and he was like, get it as in... Oh, get it as in for the morphing technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot more sense than putting some tail blade into it. Oh, no. I... No. Unless it is actively attacking us, I I don't think we should do that. I think she kind of trails off at that and kind of remembers some shit she doesn't want to remember and then says, all right, let's go ask your prince. You once Baron Square. And as she's walking by him, she kind of like punches him a little bit in a friendly way. I think uh, that whole interaction, like at the start of it, like when when she trails off, he kind of just has this moment of like he flicks his tail blade against the ground. But then like as she walks past and like just levels that friendly punch, he just kind of gets that like smile with his eyes and then follows her. Prince Jaham is in his awning, his scoop, as you all call him. And he seems to be working with different aerosol vials and kind of it, it looks like he's, you know, on Jurassic Park when... Uh, the guy unspins the barbersaw can, the, yeah, yeah, the barbersaw can, and there's stuff inside it. He's doing that, but it, it's not hidden like a barbersaw can. It just works. piles of dinosaur DNA that he has stolen from 
Yes. Laboratory, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's got him in there. And he says, look, it's whipped cream. This guy, nobody cares. Something like that. <laughs> See? Uh-uh-uh. Jackson, we got Jackson. See? Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. He notices you with one of his stock eyes. Yes. Illyra will, like, like push Sanilia over. Sanilian was totally staring at Illyra like, you better move it. This was your idea. Own it. He, okay. He try, He tries to, like, stand up and look super formal again and, like, you know, tail at the correct position and, and like, stock eyes doing the right stuff. And then he goes, We saw that there was a transmission that seems to have been blocked and we would like permission to take the ship to investigate. Please. He puts down what he's working on, picks his towel back up, wipes his hands, and looks over at you. The only transmission coming off this world would be Ciro's. Let me show me what you're talking about. Walk over to like where the ship is and look at you both. I'll just like gesture to the control panel. (laughs) Yes, and Ilian's just staring at Alira like, help. He'll lean in, kind of pull out like this one of those uh, tablets that's kind of hooked up in there. Run his own diagnostics. He'll nod. Well, looks like the time's here. This Andalite ship that intercepted Ciro's code doesn't have any identifying codes, clearance codes to be here. It's a stolen ship. Ciro's as good as dead. He puts the uh, tablet back in into the ship. We should go to assist. I'll not race there to clean up his remains. What if he is not dead yet? He will be. There's no way we can get there in time. How do you know? I know. Been on this planet for a long time. He continues to walk back towards us. Sanillion is like, no, no, we we need to, we should, we cannot leave an Andalite to die like this. Well, if you two want to uh, go to his aid, and he keeps walking towards a scoop and reaches in a drawer and picks up uh, a scanner and like tosses it to you, who wants to try to catch it? I can give it a shot. Hey, <laughs> yeah, dexterity save, you need to beat a 10. <laughs> Probably won't. Can I also dive for it knowing? Yeah, it fumbles out of your hands to the ground and you can make a dexterity save with disadvantage to catch it. Oh. Oh no, that's so unfair. (laughs) No. (laughs) Only because it's already fallen towards the ground. It's already been through hands and you dive for it and it just hits the ground in between your hands. And he kind of looks at you both. Looks down at the scanner, then to Lyra, then back up to Sanillion. I'll just scoop it off the ground and, and like dust it off and like see if it's broken. Uh, there is a crack in the screen now, but it still works. Anyway, um... He'll say, you two feel free to go. Leave the ship. 
that will take us longer to get there. I agree. You won't make it with the ship, you won't make it without it. Might as well not lose my ship in the process. I'm gonna have to contact the Andalite fleet. Can't do that without the ship. Can I like roll insight to see like what this dude's deal is? Uh, yeah. With that insight check, he seems like when he when he clarified that he needed the ship for transmissions, that seemed true. But as far as you not being able to make it, he came up with that kind of quick. It seems weird that they would that Andalites on this planet will be so far away from each other that you couldn't make it in a ship. You should be able to definitely make it in a ship. Uh, uh, as you check the the tablet that was thrown to you, you see the coordinates compared to the rendezvous coordinates. You could make it there on foot, you think, if you were fast enough. I think genuinely, like, I don't know that anybody's seen Cenillian get angry before this. Like, certainly, certainly not anybody here. But I think that at that moment he goes... I don't believe that the Andalite Council will be happy to hear that you have left an Andalite in distress. We need to go help. Another prince, especially. And he's gonna, like, genuinely, like, be agitated, and, like, he just kind of, like, snaps his tail blade as he's making this point, like, in real agitation. Alright, make me an intimidation check. This is gonna have to be pretty high, because this is a prince. I think, I think I'll, I'll add on to that and say... Yeah, you know, to me, it sounds like you maybe even willingly wish harm on Prince Zero. He says, tell the fleet. And uh, when you add on your part earlier, he, he glares at you. Tell the fleet what you wish. If you want to save him, if you want to try to save him, or go there to see him and his family burn. Let's go. Stanillion is going to be so rude right now and cut him off specific, like, to be a dick, and he's going to turn to Illyria. I think she'll kind of, like, look at Stanillion in in awe and then kind of look back at, at the prince and just kind of be like, bye. <laughs> and follow Stanillion. He just goes back to his work. Does keep one stock out watching you guys as you are moving away. What do you guys do? Bolt. Let's roll initiative. What's your all's go? Get there as fast as possible. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Let's do a skills challenge. Skills challenge. Skills challenge. Uh, you're up first, Sanillion. Right. Uh, run. Get there. Get to the coordinates as fast as possible. They have to save Zero. Athletics to run fast. All right, but if you could say it in a funny way, that would be better. Athletics out! Athletics! Roll athletics! (laughs) Is that funny enough? Yeah! It's alarming. You... Move gracefully, hopping over roots. It's harder to run here than it is the Andalite world. The ground that you could cover on the Andalite world, uh, it would take you maybe 
I don't know, 60 feet or 40 feet in six seconds, something like that. Precisely that. Precisely that. But because of the uh, layout of the ground of this planet, because you have to go up roots and down hills, you only cover 40 feet in half that time, pretty much. But you're moving, ducking low hanging branches, jumping over roots, moving through hills, uh, just leading the way. Lara. As we're running, um, my main eyes are straight ahead, but my stock eyes are looking down at the tablet, and I just want to make sure we're, like, going the right way. Technology is Arcana. Yep. You do an amazing job pinpointing your all's uh, spot on this planet compared to the coordinates that you have, and you triangulate the distance. And uh, this scanner does some, some cool stuff where it can kind of map out the immediate surroundings so you can kind of get a blueprint layout of 60 feet away and you can kind of uh use that in your next check you're up senilian senilian is gonna keep trying to move fast and run but start getting his tail blade into the action to like cut stuff down to help clear the path and as he's going he's gonna be like oh we should have taken a stupid ship i wish i could fly and then just keep cutting stuff down and running I'm gonna do athletics. All right, all right. God damn it. Clearing the way, uh, even in your back swipes, you even clear the lower brush for Ilara as she's moving behind you. There's this one cool moment where this this big thick branch, tell me, tell me what it looks like when you cut it down. Oh, it looks uh, just buck wild because clearly it's this thick branch that's like collapsed partially in front of them. That's like this perfect square opening where they could both fit through if only it wasn't for this massive branch in front of them. And uh, clearly doing the moves he practiced earlier, he just like quick turn shoots his tail blade forward and like swipes right through the middle, cuts it in half. And as he hits it with his chest, it just out of the way. And as this bark flies and the smoke and dust clears, you move through and right behind you, Alara moves through. So hearing all of the noise that we're making, like crashing through all these like branches and stuff, I'm going to just kind of scan the area to make sure like there's not like enemies or, you know, like see like if anybody's like noticing us coming. You are scanning everywhere with your stock eyes. As you all run now, up in the in the trees, more of those little creatures that you saw are following along in the air or in the trees and they're jumping from tree to tree, just following you, making these uh, screech noises as they move. Um, they don't seem to be coming any closer or anything, just staying in the trees. So that is a success, but I'll, I'll say you also notice, similar to the perimeter markers back on the Yerkhome world, uh, you see at least one of those in the ground near you all. The light is not blinking on it though. It's just there. That can kind of direct you along with your blueprint map that you have. If you want to shout that out to to Senilian and kind of mm-hmm. throw that out any way you can. Yeah, I'll shout like like five degrees right. He'll immediately turn and start like trying to clear the way, rush through exactly where Alira is telling him to go. You can jump over him with acrobatics. Yeah, no, fuck it. Let's try an acrobatics. Watch as I eat shit. <laughs> Tell me what it looks like as you don't eat shit. Immediate five degree turn, and uh, he's just trying to like 
hop up now onto these like giant trunks that are like too big to cut through um, that are in the way. I mean, it's not, it's not like he daintily gets up there. Like he like, like he's hitting this shit hard as he's going, but he jumps up top and then launches off. And it's kind of like a, you hear the like thud of impact and then you like feel the kind of push off, like the power that was pushing off this tree. So do I now have like a bunch of intimidatingly large trunks in front of me as well, <laughs> trying to follow him? Yup. <laughs> Guess I'll try and jump over those. I will also probably eat shit. The first two stumps you jump up, the last one is a little bit higher. And as you jump up, your front legs get up there, but your back legs don't quite make it and you slip and stumble back down. Ah, that is a failure. Darn it. Rude. Senillion. I mean, he'll have his, his eye stalks kind of going back, like taking, you know, while he's looking forward, he's still taking, uh, you know, the view of everything. I think he'll he'll stop and go back and, and help Alira up. If you want to make that as part of your, your turn, like pulling her up, you can, or you can give her the help action. And help action. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alira. Senillion has, has came back to try to help you, you up. Real acrobatics again. <laughs> <laughs> this time, as you kind of like grab her hands and you're pulling her up, uh, she slips again in your hand, and like it kind of causes you to jerk forward a little bit, and your hoof becomes unsteady. Alira falls back down, and you are like unsteady on your feet, kind of trying to catch your balance. Oh, just just go. I'll catch up. This time, he just fully ignores the just go. Uh, so he'll probably try to catch himself and then and then help her up again. All right. Crit, 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 crit. Crit, crit, crit. No. <laughs> oh, no, getting it's worse. getting worse. It's getting worse. As Senillion stands there and he uh, plants his feet and leans down and grabs your hands again and uh, using all his might to pull you up, you're front hooves come off the ground and your back you're starting to push up and the ground beneath you just gives way and you both tumble back down oh my God. the hill. She's so mad. Stuff. Her tail is just like thrashing around in anger. Oh, I hate my short legs. Sonillion's going to start putting <laughs> putting things together but just slightly wrong. So I think at this point he'll be like hang on. We have the morphing technology. Yeah. And then he's yeah, gonna hold his hand. Morph me. And then we can run. Oh, I, I thought we were going to morph the birds and, and, and possibly fly there. Um, but that also makes a lot of sense. All right. Okay. And then he'll start morphing. <laughs> <laughs> I will allow a constitution, uh, like a concentration check or a wisdom check for this. You both, you're only your second time morphing. Actually, both of you rolled me a D100 real quick. <gasps> That's right. so exciting and terrible. Oh, too off. <laughs> it does take you both about a minute to finish your morph, but you felt like you both did it as fast as you could. Uh, faster than the first time, for sure. You uh, take off into the air. 
I'm gonna quick thought speak and be like, it was a very nice offer to let me acquire your morph, but I think that might be a little weird, but also perhaps it would have been fruitful to do that because I'm not sure what we're going to do when we actually get there and have to morph out if we have to fight or, or anything. Oh, I don't know. That's, that, is, that is a good point, but probably we will get there faster as the coffin birds, so this is, it'll be, this will be okay. We fly, we fly. What's your next skill to you? Wing it, maybe. I think that's a Dexter strength check to wing it. Okay, can I do a dex? Yeah. I'm just assuming I'm going next, which is very rude of me. It's main, in tandem. Main character syndrome right here. What about you, Alara? Fly, fast, fast fly. Do that. Same thing, dexterity or athletics. So sh- oh. With, with your bird. Yeah, with your bird. You are trailing behind, Alara, but with... Senillion's precision flying. He knows kind of exactly where he's going and you can follow him. And you guys kind of rise up, not above the canopy, but, you know, higher up in the tree branches. And as you're flying through, the night sky has now overtaken the day. And you see silhouettes in the distance. One of them with an andalite tail blade arching above its head. It was years before the andalites and Ciro discovered us. Then they began to take over. They told us that what we were doing was unethical, that we had no claim over the greater world that surrounded us and using the bodies of other creatures was wrong. They were arrogant and ignorant. We deserved the chance to live a better life just as much as anything else in the universe. The Vanarax weren't shunned for eating the Erks because it's what they do. It's written in their biological makeup. They would die if they did not. Our existence is meaningless in the pool. We exist only to exist. That was no life. Most of the Andalites wanted us to relinquish our hosts and go back to the way that we were. In the pools. I would not now. I could not. That's why now I was in my get host listening to Octor. 1154. We will steal the emergency shredders the Andalites keep near every workstation and shoot the nearest Andalite to you. There were some uneasy shuffles amongst the group. Some may have felt guilty. Some were just afraid. I felt neither. Not in this moment. You should fear Andalite as well, Lynn told me. The Andalites could easily kill our get hosts. Their legs held up the back half of their bodies to the height of Lynn. Their tails ended in slightly curved razor sharp blades. I had seen them make short work of some of the creatures of my home planet. 
including a yurt bang, the Vanarax. They had two sets of eyes, one of the sets in their heads. Their heads set atop an upright second torso with two arms. Another set atop two stalks protruding from the top of their heads. It was impossible to sneak up on them. How will we sneak up on them? They see in all directions. That was fear talking. Some get in the back. We will draw their attention away. We will use a distraction. Simtaf 123 will work on that. And who will work with him? I will take the one that spoke up, I responded, side-eyeing the kid in the back. Essek 241, you will accompany Simtaf 123. Do as he says, Actor 1154 said. The rest of you be ready. As soon as you see the distraction, grab the shredder and shoot the Andalites. And for safe measure, when they're down, set the shredder to full power and make sure they are dead. No heroics. This is not the time. It needs to be flawless. We have one shot at this, and failure means death for your host and you. This is not just for one of us, I chimed in. This is for the entire Yurk species. He is right, stay on your mission, kill the Andalites, get the Kondrona to the ship, and then we leave. Murmurs began as the crowd dispersed. We were about to head out, but Actor 1154 pulled me aside. Simtaf, if this all works out, we will be free to roam the galaxy. However, my contacts tell me that the Council is looking for a 13th member. If we bring them an army of hosts, they will surely make me the 13th member. And I will make you a visitor, my second in command. It would be an honor. Actor 1154. I have just the host that will not only further us with the Empire, but further the Empire and their conquest. Cyril told me himself of a species. He wished to study more in depth. I looked in Actor 1154's beady black eyes. I saw his passion, his excitement through the Ged. The thought of a new host excited me too. What are these species? They are called Orkvizier. They have arms made of blades and razor-sharp beaks. What is a beak? It is a sharp mouth. That sounded very interesting. I was even more intrigued. If we brought our people to these Orkvizier, it would be the single greatest revolution since the first binding. I will tell you more, Sintaf. But first, we take the ship and then join the Council of Twelve. So let's take it. So we did. I took Essex 241 to the middle of the encampment. And while we walked, I handed him a sharpened stick and gave him his instructions. He looked at me in surprise, his mouth wide. That was surely getting me killed, he said, frightened. It's all part of the plan, I assured him. You must trust us, Essex. Trust me. We stopped as we reached our destination. Essek 241 looked around nervously. Let the fear go, or use it, I said. 
but do it now. I said 241, drew the stick back with his good arm and launched it through the air. Die, and the lights come, he yelled. The stick sunk into the back of an andalite who had just been sharpening his tail blade. He let out a thought speak cry and the andalites froze for a second. And when they all converged on us to take Essex 241, I grabbed him and pulled him to the ground over top of me. A shredder fire rained. The other Yurks that escaped before us had used their cunning to steal the ships from Ciro. We were the first to use force. Actor 1154 had led the charge, and I was his first lieutenant. And just like that, my world opened up to a whole universe. We killed the Andalites, we took the ship, and we left. We left to join the Empire in their conquest, and we would give them the Hork-Bajir. Howdy there, listeners. Before we send you on your merry way, I just wanted to tell you about a couple of real cool projects that are coming up that you should totally be aware of. One is The Way We Haunt Now. They just launched their Indiegogo for season three. And if you don't know what that is, it is a self-described light-hearted horror audio drama about friendship, found family, and fighting the narratives that try to define us even in the afterlife. Oh, and ghosts. Did we mention ghosts? It is a podcast that our own beloved Tim has voice acted on. As I said, they have just launched their Indiegogo. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to Indiegogo.com and search The Way We Haunt Now. And you can get in on that. They got some cool perks. Anywhere from a shout out on the website to music files, stickers, art prints, and more. So again, Indiegogo.com. Search The Way We Haunt Now. The next thing I want to tell you about is our own beloved Late Starters, which we meant to do this in January, but sorry, we're late. We've just launched a Patreon. You can support us for just a dollar a month, and at higher tiers, you can get what I'm most excited about, and that's bonus content, which is going to be a rotating schedule of bonus podcast episodes, uh, stickers, and character logs, and other such nonsense. That is at patreon.com slash late starters. Go help those poor kids. They don't know what they're doing. And the final thing I want to announce is the DNDB merch store, which I know what you're thinking. I already knew about that. No, they have a new one and there's new stuff in it and it's beautiful and streamlined and awesome. And you should go check that out. That is at dndb-shop.fourthwall.com. Go get some cool freaking shirts for your cool freaking body. Get it. Go do that. I love you. It's happening. Okay, bye.